<clears throat> um, it's like Thursday and stuff. And that means it's time for another just another fanboy classic episode. This week we have episode number 28, which was originally released on Wednesday, March the 7th, 2007. And oh boy, I mean, oh boy, this episode. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but this episode, let's just say that if you've gotten used to how the Just Another Fanboy classic episodes have gone thus far, this is, well, this is much of the same. Enjoy. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the only podcast that offers a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx broadcasting production. Lynx, like the cat. Meow. Just like a comic book. 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 Welcome to episode number 28 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, March the 6th, 2007, and, well, I can't think of anything clever to say, so, hey, I'm your host, Steven. How's everybody doing today? Hmm, how you doing? Before we really just dive feet first into this week's episode, I, I have a couple things I'd like to talk about. First off, Civil War number 7 by Marvel Comics. Everybody's been up and down the internet superhighway, posting their thoughts, their views, positive, negative, whatnot about the issue. And I feel like I just wouldn't be doing my podcast <sighs> duty unless I said my two cents. And frankly, I didn't hate it. Now, if you haven't read Civil War number seven, there's going to be some spoilers of commencing. So skip forward if you'd like, but the fanboy in me was really disappointed by the ending, but taken in context with the story throughout all seven issues, I thought Captain America surrendering to the pro registration side, surrendering himself, telling his men to stand down. I felt that it fit with the story. I mean, here's a guy who straight from day one, has been fighting the good fight. This is a guy who basically all he wants to do is to just go out there and fight the good fight and you know, go up against the evil that men do without without the government telling him who he should fight, who he should go after, who not to go after. And by issue number seven, he's it's like he's realized that maybe... He's been going about it the wrong way. I think it took the giant battle in Manhattan where the heroes and, well, the other heroes and the villains destroy quite a few city blocks in their big mega battle. And there, there's a point in the book, if you've read it, you'll know about it, where he's winning. His side is winning. They're kicking some tail. And He's got Iron Man on the ropes and he's ready to smash his bloody face in when a group of men, civilians, uh, they look like maybe some firefighters, some guys from FEMA, jump all over 
Captain America. They tackle him to the ground. There's, you know, get off Iron Man. He's our boy. Look what you're doing, man. Take a look at yourself and look what you're doing. And I think it's at that moment that Cap just kind of realizes, you know what? I'm going about this the wrong way. And I liked it. I mean, I thought it fit within the context of the story. And the issue itself was pretty good. You got a nice scene there after Cap surrenders where the Punisher comes along and picks up Captain America's mask as Captain America has thrown his mask off. He's saying, I am no longer Captain America. I am Steve Rogers and I am surrendering tears trickling down his eyes, a little trickly trickly. And the Punisher picks up his mask and just kind of looks at it. Now they've been going above and beyond the past month or so to really stress both in the Civil War main title and in the Punisher War Journal Civil War tie-in titles, that Frank Castle, the Punisher, really respects and admires Captain America. And he's picking up this mask, and I just have a feeling, is the Punisher going to be the new Captain America for a while? Is he? Hmm? Maybe. I've heard other theories that it could be, Old Bucky himself, the Winter Soldier, but I, I kind of have a feeling it's going to be the Punisher. So let's, let's mark this on the calendar. Uh, mark down the time and the date you're listening to this. And when, when it comes about that Frank Castle, the Punisher is, has taken the guise of Captain America to go out and, and, well, fight the good fight, then you heard it here, fellow babies. You've heard it here. Now, Beyond Civil War number seven, which here, actually, let me just expand on that. If this, if, if I may, what I found disappointing in Civil War number seven was it, it was really, it felt really rushed to me. The, the whole series to a certain extent felt very rushed. And I feel that they should have done the entire series. Maybe they should have tacked on a couple other issues. They should have made it. 12 issues. As far as I'm concerned, you're going to have a mega event. It needs to be 12 issues. That's just my feelings. They're uh, over on Newsarama for the past week or so. They've been posting question and answers with uh, Tom Brevert, uh, editor over at Marvel and editor of Civil War. And there is a lot of stuff that old Tom mentions that that we're going to be in issue number seven and really in the entire series that they just kind of had to gloss over, skip over and leave out altogether because of the constraints of time. They didn't have enough uh, content. They didn't have enough space within the seven issues to, to put the information in there. Well, shame on you, Marvel, because you should have done it in 12 issues. You should have gotten all that information in there. Let's take, for example, the return of Captain Marvel. The return of Captain Marvel should have happened within Civil War, the proper, the, the main title. It should have happened there. If you didn't pick up Civil War, the return, such as I did not pick up Civil War, the return, you may not have known that Captain Marvel is back. And there was maybe one or two panels throughout issue seven where you see Captain Marvel. And frankly, if, if you're not reading the spoilers on the internet, if you're not paying attention, or if you're not listening to podcasts and you didn't pick up Civil War the Return, your first instance, you're going to look at that and go, what in the heck? Who, who's this guy dressed up as Captain Marvel? What's going on here? That should have been handled within the main title itself. But that's just a little nitpick of mine. The series is over. 
It's going to be collected into a, 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 a nice hardbound, hardback book type of thing. And people will flock to their stores, buy the thousands and pick it up. So I think for the story that they tried to tell in Civil War, I think they did it because honestly, it leaves the Marvel universe in a very, um, interesting place, especially when you think about World War Hulk coming up. Because a year ago, if the Hulk was sent to another planet and he comes back to exact his revenge upon the, the Illuminati that have sent him to this, you know, exiled him off of Earth and he's come back with this, let's say this happened a year ago before Civil War. He, you know, he'd be coming to an earth that is a much different place than it is now post civil war. I mean, you've got the initiative starting up, which has a, a group, you know, a, a group of superheroes for every 50 States. That's Tony Stark's plan, a group of superheroes, uh, a team for each of the 50 States. And the Hulk's going to be coming back to earth thinking, you know, I've, when it comes down to it, I've got a handful of heroes that I probably really have to have to deal with. They've, the Avengers, maybe the X-Men, I can throw down on them. But now he's got to deal with really the entire, pretty much the entire superhero community working under the umbrella of the United States government. If, if we're talking about America, because I doubt the Hulk's going to come to Earth and start, you know, kicking ass in Romania. That's that's probably not going to be his first stop. You know, he's probably going to come to America first, but now he's going to have to deal with a very different Marvel universe. Indeed, something far different than it was when he left. And I, I, I find that kind of interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle that. And I'm looking forward to reading Marvel comics from this point out because it really is a different universe. It's, it's a different place now. So. I think that makes for some for some very interesting stories coming up, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. So I think overall they did what they needed to do. They they did what they set out to do with Civil War. I know a lot of people are not very happy with the ending, but eh, they did it. I was satisfied. Let's move on. Let's talk about Heroes on NBC. If you're not watching Heroes, you're a fool. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. Straight from the get go, you, my friend, that's you right there, sitting there in your easy chair with your iPod on, listening to my show, not watching heroes. You're a fool. Last week's episode, great. Episode before that, great. Heroes is definitely a show that any comic book fan needs to be watching. Um, there's some really, I don't want to say unique characters on heroes because you know, when it comes down, down to it, they're all, uh, iconic to a certain extent, but they're handling it, I think, in a, in a very interesting way. And the whole back, the, the whole story of this, this, uh, shadowy, uh, maybe government agency that has been created to track down and monitor these people with these, these, these abilities makes for, for a, Pretty interesting show. So if you're not watching the heroes, I recommend maybe you don't, you not want to jump in right now because there's some crazy stuff happening, but definitely get it on the DVD. Okay. Because you got to be ready for next season because some crazy stuff's going to happen. All right. That's all I got to talk about this week. So listeners feedback. 
What do you say? Okay, let's kick off this week's feedback with a voicemail from a, a nice lady who listens to us each week. And uh, Norman, yeah, well, I, I believe that this particular voicemail uh-huh. uh, that I've got queued up here actually deals, uh, it's regarding the story you told last week. Oh, well, I'm mighty interested to hear what the little lady has to say. Okay, then, let's let's get her rolling. Okay, then. Hi, this message is for um for Norman. That's me. I think, honey, you really need to go take a nap no. or something. Whatever. Because I think you are just nutty as a fruitcake. Thank you. I took some notes as I was listening to your dream, which may or may not have been a dream. And first of all, everyone knows that toast does not float in Ovaltine. It doesn't. And it... where did you get the breadstick? Are you just carrying breadsticks around in your pocket? It was floating by. Please. Sorry. Nope. Mm-mm. It's not working. And Donald Duck? Donald Duck? He's mean. Butter on a bald monkey? I have never heard such nonsense in my life. Except <laughs> maybe from Stevens. 30 seconds of nonsense. And, <laughs> you know, it was entertaining, but Good. please go take a nap because otherwise I'm going to have to come pop you in the clavicle. Oh. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs> I think she threatened me. <laughs> I think she did. Uh, what, I mean, what, what, what do you have to say about, you know, her well, comments, uh, you know, the, 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 the bread, the breadstick where, bread you stick know, was what, flo- what was that all about? Well, it was floating on the lake. It's not mm-hmm. something I just had in my pocket or something. It was, it was floating in the lake and I, okay. I took it out of the lake and I used it to row to shore. I mean, I what's, what's, what's so complicated about it? What's so hard to understand about that? I mean, well, it, it was floating in the old teen lake. It was a big old breadstick. I used it as an, as an oar well, and but, I rode it to shore. Yeah. Now, you may choose not to believe the story that I told as it unfolds, but you know it's my story and I'm sticking to it. It's it's part of my memoirs. And well, but it, you, you've got to understand, Norman. It is a well, little. It's 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 a little hard to comprehend. It's well, it's a, it's a little unbelievable that it's not unbelievable. It happened to me. Okay. Oh, oh, all right, Norman. I guess. Okay. Now you have more of the story. Yeah. To tell us, though, right? I mean, we're going to well, get some more. Yeah. This week, yeah, I got I got another installment at at the end of this episode, so we'll we'll have some more uh, thrilling adventures starring me, Norman, Oklahoma. Okay, so there's an, another installment this week. How how many installments do you plan on doing here? How how long is this story going to run? Well, let me let me look uh, let me look through my notes here. Look, it it looks like it's going to be about um, 187 installments. 187 installments. 187 installments. That's Kind of long, don't you think? It's gonna be as long as it needs to be. Now, can we get on with the All dang right. show already? Okay, okay. Um, we got looks like an email here. Gary, you want to read that? Why, sure, I'd love to. This one uh comes straight out of the Great Wide North up in Canada, and it says, "Hey, Stephen, just wanted to tell you I really dig your show. Ho, oh, and the twenty fifth episode was so freaking sweet, awesome. Keep up the good work. Long live the fanboys." Yan. Montreal, Quebec. Canada, you know. The land of the ice and snow. No, wait. That was Iceland. Led Zeppelin we're referring to, right? Well, anyway, we got ice. We got snow. Not so sure about the midnight sun and the hot spring, though. But we sure do love eggs. Ho, yeah, we love them good. Wow, I just realized I've wrote more stuff in this parenthesis than in my whole email. Heh, what you gonna, what do you, what do you want? I guess I like the comfy protection of them good old parentheses. All right. 
good. We got a, we got at least one listener outside the U.S. Makes me feel good and warm and fuzzy in the insides of my tummy. That could just be the Frappuccino I just drank. So thanks, Yan, for the, the email. Really appreciate it. I know my wife enjoys hearing the love that people have for episode 25 because she was a huge part of that episode. And we actually had so much fun doing that episode. The wife and I are kicking around an idea of doing our own podcast. You know, maybe the, the Karen and Steven show or, or the Steven and Karen show, you know, so let's be on the lookout for that. More info to come. Let's play another voicemail. I know what's weirder than a badger in Bermuda shorts. A barracuda in bikini. And well, a platypus is well, um, how do you spell that anyway? P-L-O-T-O-P-O-O-O-O-S-E? No, P-L-O-T-O-P-U-S-E? Platypus. P-L-A-T. P. Pla- platypus, P L Plati Plati I don't know, man. Why you gotta put me on the spot like that, little dude? Anyway, thanks for the voicemail. I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I love getting the feedback from the children because you know the kids are the future of com. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Okay, that's sorry. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, you know, I also had two other voicemails I wanted to play, both from the from the same little guy. But uh, unfortunately, you really couldn't make out what the little dude was saying. So I'm not going to play him. Um, but I just just a little tip, my friend, when you're when you're leaving the voicemails, just pull the phone just a little bit further away from your mouth. OK. Because uh, I, I couldn't make out what you were saying, but what I could make out, I loved. My friend, you have the soul of a silly person, and we love the silly here. So sorry I couldn't play your voicemails, guy, but um, maybe next time, because I'd, I'd love to hear more from you. So that's that's wrapping up listeners' feedback this week. So let's move on into uh, let's launch ourselves forward to news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. Now this is the point in the show where I would normally say news and information is brought to you by, but I I don't have enough time this week, so I'm I'm skipping it. So get off my back already, okay? So let's just get into some news already. It's been announced that the Marvel Comics miniseries Avengers The Initiative is moving to an ongoing series. Post-Civil War title written by Dan Slott with artist Stefano Caselli, due to popular demand, is moving to an ongoing series. Superman Doomsday, the direct-to-DVD movie by DC Comics, is set to release on September 18th. This is the first ever animated Superman project to be rated PG-13, and it will feature such vocal talents as Adam Baldwin as Superman, Anne H. as Lois Lane, and James Marsters as Lex Luthor. This will be available on September 18th for a suggested retail price of $19.98. Some sad news from the WonderCon this past weekend. 
Green Arrow from DC Comics will end with number 75. Winnick said, Judd Winnick, the writer of the book, said that the very last page of issue number 75 will feature Oliver Queen proposing to Black Canary. And with that issue, he will be off the series and the character. He did note on Newsarama, I'm done and DC is as well with the monthly book Green Arrow. I'm not done and DC is not done with Green Arrow. And that's all I say. Now, it has been rumored over at Rich Johnston's um, Lying in the Gutters column that the series will be relaunched as uh, a number one issue called uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary. So, a little light at the end of the tunnel there. So, looking forward to that. Villard Books, an imprint of Random House Incorporated, has announced the acquisition of the trade paperback rights to Mouse Guard Fall 1152 by David Peterson. This trade will, uh, suggested retail price for this trade is $19.95, and it collects the first six issues of the Mouse Guard series, including 12 pages of bonus materials. Good. Looking forward to that. I'm a big... Well, I haven't actually read any of the Mouse Guard, but I'm looking forward to it because I'd like to. So I, I missed the boat on that one, so it's good that I'm going to be able to get it in trade. Star Trek, one of the most popular and successful franchises in the history of movies and television, returns to the big screen under the creative vision of J.J. Abrams. The team behind the film will include Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orti, who wrote the screenplay and will executive produce with Brian Burke. So if you're a Star Trek fan, don't worry. There's still tons of stories to be told. From what I understand, um, this is going to be set in the past. I believe the rumor I heard is this is going to be Kirk and Spock and the crew uh, as youngins, not like babies, but, you know, maybe going through the academy and first getting the ship and whatnot. Marvel Entertainment has announced that it has satisfied all funding requirements under the company's previously announced $525 million non-recourse credit facility and has begun borrowing from the facility to finance its first self-produced and financed feature film, Iron Man. Iron Man, which is going to be directed by... Why can't I remember that freaking guy's name? You know, the, the dude that played um, Foggy Nelson in the, uh, the Daredevil movie. Yeah, he'll be doing that. And, of course, we have Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I like that choice. I like Robert Downey Jr. And we've got Terrence Howard as Jim Rody Rhodes, Gwyneth Paltrow as uh, Virginia Pepper Potts, and Jeff Bridges, who's going to play a close business associate of Tony Stark. Rumors say he's going to be Happy Hogan. On DVD this week, we have The Addams Family Season 2, 3-disc set, Northern Exposure Season 6, 5-disc set, and Revenge of the Nerds Atomic Wedgie Collection. I have no idea what that means. And then we've got South Park Season 9. And that was this week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book, Picks of the Week.
normally for my comic book picks of the week, I pick three. Okay, I'm not going to do that this week because, frankly, it's getting late. Another reason is because really, other than Civil War number seven, which I talked about earlier, there was really only one book that really stood out for me. I mean, I of this week's choices, we've got 52 week number 42. We've got Nightly News number four, which was a great book. Superman number 659, which was okay. Action Comics number 846, which was pretty good, but eh. And then we've got the new Avengers Illuminati, which, uh, number two, which was not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought it was going to be set during the, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, but it wasn't. So bummer. Still a good book though. But the one book I want to talk about this week is from DC Comics. It's The Brave and the Bold number one, written by Mark Wade, art by the legend George Perez. Bob Wysick is on inks. Tom Smith is on colors. Rob Lay is the letterer, and Joey Cavallari is the editor. This issue is entitled Lords of Luck Roulette, Chapter 1. Now, this is a team-up book. In this issue, you've got the Batman and Green Lantern Hal Jordan teaming up to solve a murder. Green Lantern has uh, been out in space, and he comes across a uh, a body floating in space, just some average guy in, like, jeans and a T-shirt and a jacket, and he's dead. And examining him with his ring, he finds that the guy died before he somehow mysteriously uh, was placed in outer space. So it, it wasn't being in outer space, which which would really kill somebody, you know, unless you're in the challenge of the super friends and those guys just kind of hang out in space all the time. But, uh, he finds out, uh, after talking to Batman, cause he, he goes to, to Bruce to get some advice to, to help him out with this. And Batman has also run across a murder victim who is the same exact guy. And they, they discover that he's an alien life form who seems to have duplicated himself. And that leads him to a, casino in vegas and this female villain named roulette and there's some big action and some aliens and monsters and and dang it good book okay read it george perez i mean you can't go wrong with george perez this is i believe his first monthly book in like three years so it's nice to have him back on a, a monthly book. Plus, it's written by Mark Wade, and you can't go wrong there because the guy is just steeped in DC knowledge. So, Brave and the Bold number one is definitely my top pick of this week. So, check it out. Now, normally, this is the point in the program when we would do uh, At the Movies with Gary Indiana, but Gary, I hate to say it, but uh, we're skipping you this week. Aw, man, why you want to go and do that for? Well, I guess the most obvious reason is, you know, did you watch any movies this We're, past week? Well, no, but... Well, there you go, then. So let's move along to Aww, The View from Norman, Oklahoma. That's not right. This is not a weekly segment in which Norman pisses and moans about comic books, but he's going to take us to the next installment in the thrilling adventures of Norman, Oklahoma. So let's let's cue the music already.
some strange things in my life, believe me. But nothing tops seeing a giant Donald Duck Pez dispenser plow through a lake of Ovaltine. Make yourself ready, Norman, Oklahoma, for I am coming, and I am death. The duck plunged through the Ovaltine Lake as I stood on the shore, frozen. What could I do? I looked at Deidre, who stood protectively over the child superstar. If I could get to my guns, then maybe I would have a chance. Of course, I had no idea if I brought them with me. I remember placing them in my backpack, but did I bring it along? I searched the shore and found it at once, diving for my only ray of hope as the duck swam lethargically towards us. I reached in and found salvation. I pulled out a pair of forty-four revolvers and began to open fire on the duck, but the bullets just bounced off its impenetrable hide. I thought you smarter than that, Norman, Oklahoma. Your puny weapons cannot harm me. I threw my guns into my backpack and ran to Haley Joe Osment, scooping him up into my arms as I ran. Run, Deirdre! We didn't make it very far. The duck bellowed deafeningly, and the shock waves knocked us off our feet. Haley Joel rolled limply across the sugar. We're doomed! Deirdre shrieked. Doomed! It was at that very moment that Haley Joel Osment rose from his supposed unconscious condition and faced the duck's ferocious charge. He stood gaunt and noble in the early morning sun, his face serene and his bearing calm. All fear vanished as his confidence washed over me, and I stood, brushing sugar off of me from my dive to the beach. Fear not, Norman, Oklahoma. The boy spoke serenely. This duck will not bother us. Won't bother us, I screamed. The dang thing was bearing down on us faster than a bowl of bronze swagger through a baby's bowels. This duck is merely a distraction. Nothing more. A distraction? I had to shout over the sound of the Ovaltine spray as the duck swam closer and closer. This distraction is here to kill me. Then the duck was there, looming over us like a giant blue plastic rectangle with a duck's head on top of it. Prepare yourself, for death has come. My guns were in my hands, and I opened fire futilely. Not today, duck! The price has been paid. Your death draws nigh, Norman, Oklahoma. I emptied my guns and was reloading when Haley Joel stepped between me and the duck. Haley, move! I screamed, flipping the cylinders back into place. Rupert. The boy spoke, the name barely audible above the wind, and yet it carried as if amplified by a state-of-the-art multi-channel sound system. Everything seemed to stop. The air around us was electrified as all went silent. The duck froze at the name, his rampage stopping just short of reaching the shore. He bent, as much as a Pez dispenser can bend anyway, until he was eye level with the boy. How do you know that name, boy? The duck spoke vehemently. It matters not, duck. I have spoken the sacred name. It is only for you to obey. The duck seemed to consider this for a moment before responding. The price has been paid, boy. I must fulfill the bargain. Norman, Oklahoma is not for you. You must disregard such mundane matters and prepare yourself for the call. You speak of the prophecy. I do not allow myself to be mixed in such things. That is not for you to decide. The prophecy draws near, duck. Obey. The duck struggled with itself as it emitted another beach-quaking bellow. I shall obey, boy, for now. I stood transfixed feeling like I did the night that Bobby woke from his dream on Dallas. Once you think you have one set of circumstances all figured out, 
A new set plunges down upon you like twine from a jellyfish. You must go back from whence you came, ancient one. The child said calmly, his eyes distant. You must go back and come not again until the call is given. Know this, boy. I shall return to the depths of my home. But once the call is given and my task completed, I will find you. I will find you, and I will eat you. Then he turned slowly and made his way to the middle of the lake before sinking into its chocolate depths. Haley Joe Osment turned to me, smiling. Mr. Oklahoma, I have a message for you. How did you do that? I asked, puzzled. Do what? He said innocently. The duck. You made him go away with nothing more than a word. There is something you must know about the duck. It is a creature who is still ancient when the land was formed. The child actor took on a scholarly tone, which amazingly fit his demeanor. The duck was one of the four guardians of the land before his temper got the better of him, and he was forced to stand down. When once he worked for honor and justice, now he works for money. Money? You mean he was hired to kill me? I was incredulous. Yes, but we are straying from what is important, Mr. Oklahoma. I have a message for you. He reached out and took my hand gently, smiling as he spoke. I am afraid something has gone wrong with your cousin, Gary. Panic began to set in. I knew it was only a matter of time before Gary went crazy. How can you stay sane when the football of life is pulled away from you every single time you try to kick it? What's the problem? Is Gary okay? My voice shook with despair. Gary had to be okay. He just had to be. Haley Joe Osment looked from me to Deirdre, who rubbed her hands together furiously in half-masked panic. His eyes found mine again, and it cleared his throat before speaking. You look cold, Norman, Oklahoma. Build a fire here on the beach while we talk. I combed the beach for driftwood and soon had a cheery little fire burning. Then I pulled up pieces of breadsticks and placed them around the fire for us to sit on. I felt warm almost instantly, although I really could have used a cigarette. Your cousin has been going through some changes, Mr. Oklahoma. Haley Joel spoke once he determined I was comfortable and ready. Changes? I asked. The last time I saw Gary, he had just been crowned High King of the Land, an honor that should have gone to me. I, whoever, turned down this great distinction. My job kept me coming back into the world often enough that I couldn't possibly handle the responsibilities of High King. So I passed the crown to my cousin, Gary. Gary seemed to be handling it well when I left. He was a just and fair king. Granted, I had to leave suddenly because he had issued a warrant for my execution. It was my fault, actually. I knew I shouldn't have kissed that little redhead girl. But when my hormones talk, I tend to listen. Then I thought of the duck. Of course, that's why he was here. Gary sent a dang Pez dispenser to kill me for one kiss with a little red-haired girl. Gary seems to have become rather paranoid lately. Haley spoke in calm, measured tones. Since you left, he has hired on a new advisor who has been filling the king's ear with poison. He disbanded the Oklahoma Legion and has even gone as far as ordering the entire Council of Wisdom put to death. The Council of Wisdom? Why? Those guys seem pretty down-to-earth to me. He feels that they are teaching traitorous knowledge, that knowing how and where we came from is against the king. Who is this new advisor then? What is his role in all of this? I started to think that maybe the duck wasn't Gary's idea after all. The new king's advisor is a man named Roger. He never leaves your brother's side. 
It is my belief that the orders for the execution of so many prominent citizens comes directly from Roger's mouth. Haley sighed and continued. The man is slippery. He is a master at mind games, and he has the king's ear. He must be stopped before the land is torn asunder. Can Norman, Oklahoma stop Roger before the land is torn asunder? Does Spider-Man really need organic webs in his movies? Will the new McDonald's down the street ever open? Find out in the next cap-twisting installment of the thrilling adventures of Norman, Oklahoma. Ho, 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 ho! Very exciting stuff, Norman. You've got me on the edge of my seat. Well, hey, this brings another episode to a close. Before we go, however, I want to apologize to listener Fixer 3000 um, I had started a thread over at the forums. You can find those at cgspodcast.com slash forum. It's a thread called Ask the Fanboys, and I've invited everyone to to just ask me and Norman and Gary questions. You know, what are our favorite books? Who are our favorite characters? Have we ever kissed a penguin? That kind of stuff. And, and we'll answer them on the show. Now, the fixer posted some good questions, some, some real thought provokers. And I was going to get them on in episode 27, ran out of time. I promised him I would have them here in episode 28, but sorry, bud, ran out of time again. So we're going to try to squeeze those in in episode, uh, number 29. Um, so, sorry. Sorry about that. Now, let me tell you, the listener, what you can do for me, the podcaster, to make me feel better. You can send an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com and tell me what you think of the show. You can also send an email there and list just another fan of the show in the subject line, and I will send you email updates whenever a new show is available. You also have the opportunity to call the Just Another Fanboy voice line at 1-877-309-8367, extension 212, and leave us a voicemail. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that at www.comicspodcasts.com. That's C-O-M-I-C-K-S podcasts.com. The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. So until next week, I'm Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.